This episode of the Midday Madness Sports Podcast is brought to you by Alpine Unlimited Company. Their mission is to provide high-quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedcompany.com, and if you use code ERIC10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedcompany.com, and use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off. Testing, testing. Testing, 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 do you read? We in here! It's time for the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. We in here! And we're back on Midday Madness Sports Podcast, episode 32. Man, 32 episodes. We've been doing this. You're actually hanging out with me and actually putting up with me. No, that's that's kind of just shocking. No one has ever stuck. No one has ever stuck it out besides my wife. Uh, Eric Miller alongside Noah Pegler. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. We got some good topics to talk about as my notes are flying around because this fan is near me. Uh, we got early NFL and Super Bowl picks. Yes, the season is just about to start. Actually, preseason. Let's face it. Nobody really watches preseason. Preseason is about to start this week and about a month. Almost exactly a month away from the regular season starting, so we'll talk about that. We will recap our our MLB predictions. We said in episode 16 that we are going to come back and look at where we stand with our division standings and whatnot, so we'll take a look at that. And we'll finally do our first change uh, on that. And also the Deshaun Watson story continues and that's all i'm going to say about that one uh we'll get that in a little bit later but no Peckler, it's been about two weeks how are you doing sir well it was good to come back from vacation and have the time off and definitely got to go down to the beach so that was a nice trip got to see some of my family so how was your week eric it was busy uh work was crazy last week i had a few remotes i had to work for uh went to a concert over the weekend i'm actually surprised i have my voice because i literally was front row um i had a vip access which was awesome to see switchfoot and the state like there's a gap and then there's a stage and i was right there and here's where the uh the microphone was and i was like this the entire time with my phone up and taking videos and pictures and that i've already uploaded on my personal facebook page and uh instagram page so you can take a look at that and see where i was but i was glued and i was in my element because i love switchfoot so i had a great weekend um let's get to this because it's been a while since you last saw us and you were here i kind of want to do our mlb first do you feel like you're comfortable with talking about MLB first, Noah? Yeah, I'm comfortable with that, yes. All right. So I have in my hand our predictions. All right. And I wrote these down when we did this, episode 16. If you haven't listened to it, I suggest you listen to it because it's not one of our best ones, but, you know, it's we have our predictions there. And we also said in this uh, at, on this episode, we are allowed three times we will change our predictions. The first one, this is actually the first time. So we did our first predictions in episode 16, which is about the first week of the actual MLB season. And then we are going to change it in about a month as well, right before September, just to see if we are still good with everything. And I, yeah, I'm going to, I have it. So which, which uh, league do you want to start off with? Noah? Let's start with AL. The AL. Okay. Yeah. So let's, Right now, <laughs> let's start with the central because I'm going to get my standings out 
but right now on MLB.com. I had this up already, just in case. And <laughs> who do you think, or who, do you remember who we chose for the NL Central standings, Noah? I believe we chose the White Sox at we that point. We did. You are correct, yeah. sir. And and right now, if you look at the standings, who's in first? <laughs> I believe it's the Guardians because I think they finally took over the Twins because, you know, Minnesota's had their struggles. <laughs> so the funny thing is neither one of us chose the what, the Guardians. Neither one of us chose the, t- the uh, Twins, although I did have them. As my dark horse team, you had Detroit as your dark horse team. <laughs> yeah, clearly that's a prediction that I really should take back. <laughs> I'm going to cross them off now. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the Cleveland, or, yeah, Cleveland Guardians is about to say Indians. They're no longer the Indians. The Guardians are now in first place. But. They are actually only, if, it, if I'm looking correctly, they're actually tied with first with the Twins. Yeah. Uh, and they are a game and a half above the White Sox, who around this time of the year, last year, they got hot. And that's how they were able to kind of steal the division away and end up winning. Um, who are you choosing for the Central? Because obviously, are you, key, are you staying with the White Sox or do you want to change it to the Twins? Yeah, I am in a position where I could ride it out with the White Sox, but I'm not. I mean, okay. it's been a it's been a rough year for them, and out of all the teams that I think are going to ride it out, I, I think Minnesota is going to pull it out. They're, they're playing a tough series right now against the Dodgers, but they they have the good talent, and I think they they should have the ability with Correa and the other guys to seek out this division. I think I'm going to go with Minnesota. Okay, so. I have the Twins as my dark horse team, which I I feel that they're going to make this interesting. And again, we talked about Carlos Correa with maybe opting in, maybe opting out. We're still not even sure about that yet. I don't even think he actually knows because it really depends on how well they do, I feel, is what his decision is going to be made. But I'm sticking with the White Sox right now. If they can get healthy, which I think they're slowly starting to get healthy, if I'm not mistaken, I, th- I think they are. The pitching is going to get there. They have – I trust their manager over – I mean, it's it's tough to go against Frankie as well, Francona. But I would prefer Tony La Russa over Francona right now. And I'm going to stick with the White Sox because here's my other thing. If the Twins end up making to the playoffs, I have my dark horse already in as my playoff team. So I feel pretty comfortable with this pick. Um, now, it is it's, – it's August. It's August 10th. But – there's still plenty of baseball. There's a month and a half left. And I, you know, I just think now the unfortunate part is Tim Anderson is out. I'm pretty sure he's done for the year, which that's going to be the heart and soul. I'm going to keep it for now, but probably when September comes, I'll probably change it again to one of the two, maybe the guardians. But as of right now, I'm, I'm keeping it with the white Sox. Just, just a little hope. I think they got a little hope for this. Yeah, the Guardians are a bit questionable because they seem to find a hot streak, but then they sort of died down a bit. That Right now, they could be an outside wild card contender, but it's going to be tough for them to at least hold on to this division once the Twins, you know, get home and at least probably have to play some of their division rivals in the schedule. All right. So I'm sticking with mine. You're going with the Twins, your first change. Um, 
the West, the wild, wild West. Now, granted, the Mariners are 11 games back. However, they're making it interesting right now, especially in this wild card race where they actually have the top wild card spot. And they just took the series as of today against the New York Yankees, two out of three, which I believe they took four out of the six games against the New York Yankees in the last two weeks. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure they did that already. So the Mariners are good, but I think that we both said the Astros, which is unfortunate, but the Astros is a better team. And they're also right now a game, I think actually half a game out of the overall number one seed in the American League uh, under the New York Yankees. So I feel like Houston's still a safe bet. I don't feel like I'm going to actually change that. Now, come September, and if this gets to about six or seven games, maybe I'll change my prediction, maybe because of the head-to-head matchups that they will have towards the end of the season. But the Mariners right now, they're looking to end that 21-year drought of not making it to the postseason. I think they can make it happen. Maybe Who knows what they're going to do, but adding Castillo – who I thought the Yankees were really going to give a run for, but unfortunately the Reds were get asking for too much. I'm not surprised by that, but I could see the Mariners making some noise in the playoffs. The one thing you got to like about the Mariners and some of these games that they've had is that they play down to the final out and mm. they could try and get those runs in the last innings. I mean, they were able to sweat it out with the Yankees in the one game uh, just yesterday where yeah, the won- 13th inning game. Yeah, one to nothing. And then even a game against the Angels, they lost this one game, I believe, last week, but yet they came back when we're able to tie it. This is showing a, a team that is not, you know, feeling down and out and their identity is lost. This is a team that is finally capable of making a playoff run. As far as division goes, I think it's a little out of reach right now. An 11 game deficit is a lot to make up. And I mean, the only way you're going to, catch the ground and everything goes is that you need Houston to lose about like five in a row or around that seven in a row mark just to make the ground. I mean, unless you're looking at a September mark where at least there is a gap of only five games for the Mariners, I don't think it's going to happen for Seattle, at least to win the division. So I think Houston still has a solid grip on this division for right now. And that's my prediction because I believe we made that and I'm going to stick with Houston. All right. So let's go to the East. The East is interesting now. Boston is in last place. <laughs> but they're only four and a half games back in the wild card race. So it's not even that big of a deal. Yeah, don't get, don't get my hopes up. Don't get my hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sale is out for the rest of the year. So Yeah, in a bicycle accident. Like, <laughs> not even a baseball related. Bicycle accident. And then in the, in the playoffs, he, he's out because of a belly button piercing at and yet we owe him like so much money on a contract. I think we still owe him around like 60 to $40 million. Best contract probably, ever. Probably 60 million or something, but it's ridiculous. Best signing by the Red Sox ever. Well, that's why we had to get rid of David Price. But what was your prediction again for the East? Do you remember what my prediction was for the East? I, I, I can barely remember. I, I almost thought you said Boston. No. I have okay. a, I actually have them as a wild card team. I have the Rays. Okay. As because I thought they were going to be the same team as last year. Clearly, that's not the case. 
everyone's getting hurt, even their pitching coach. Yeah. Like he, they just he, was, he walked up to the mound and yet he pulled it. Ah! <laughs> I'm hurt. <laughs> My goodness. So Tampa, I I have to change it now because that's the only one I'm gonna do. And the Yankees, like the Astros, have a 10-game lead over their division. Now, the Orioles, I think, are the surprising team because right now they're either, what, a half game out or they're actually in the wild card race. Yeah, it's convenient for them that Tampa Bay is really getting injured and they're not getting Kevin Kiermeyer back nope. for, the, for the year, so it's tough. And Baltimore, I mean, they had to trade away Trey Mancini because, well, you know, he was a free agent. They had to let him go. Even though, like, all he's been through of Baltimore and his connection with the community. But Baltimore has their confidence back. Even if, you know, there could be a chance they miss the playoffs this year. This is their at least ticket out of the basement of at least worst teams in baseball. You know, after everyone was talking about, you know, the Chris Davis contract, you know, how it <laughs> drowned them. But yet there's they at least have some sort of hope. Now, as long as they continue to develop their players correctly. Yeah, let's just put Boston in the basement instead. They're used to it, right? <laughs> for now, for now. I don't know what it is with Cora. It's such a roller coaster. World Series high, not 2019 was a bust. And then 2020, you know, he gets suspended and we have pitchers like pretty much going in and out. Then last year we were just in the ALCS. And then yet here we are in no. June just feels like a mirage. Like we don't know really what happened at all. And here's the funny thing though. Since two, since 99, you guys are either really, really good or really, really close. Like 99, you were made it to the ALCS the next two years, next two or three years. You don't, make, you don't make it to the playoffs and Oh three, Oh four, you make it to the playoffs. Oh four, you win the world series. Oh five, you make it to the divisional series, lose to the white Sox. 06, you lose. 07, you make it to the World Series and win. 08, you make it to the ALCS and you lose. 2010, 20, or 09, 2010, 2011, 2012, you don't even make it to the playoffs. You're just bottom. And then you rise up to the World Series again. And then 2015, you go back in the basement. And then let's do this 2018 again. You win the World Series. And then, you know, that that is what the Red Sox consistently have been like since 1999. At least, this, it, at least this time it comes with World Series titles. Before it, we didn't have any of that. And so, yeah, whatever. That's at least what's keeping Red Sox fans contempt. <laughs> whatever. But here's the thing. So the Yankees are in first place right now with 10 games up. They're slumping. They've actually lost. I'm pretty sure the last, they're 2-8 and eight in the last 10 games. It's not good. They've well, lost, yeah, yeah, you, they're you starting lost, to lose now. You lost five in a row around last week. Mm-hmm. Because you got swept by the St. Louis. Yep. Got swept by the St. Louis Cardinals. Lost two of the three against the Mariners this past week. We do have a big series against you guys, which you guys are the bottom feeders right now. So I think this now is where the Yankees really need to start kind of getting back in truck. Now, Garrett Cole had a great game last night. It's unfortunate that I went to the 13th inning and it was a scoreless 13th inning, by the way. And it's the first scoreless game with the new rules with the runner on second to go that scoreless in Major League Baseball history. So that's a cool stat, but you got to win. You have to win these kinds of games. And the terrible base running last night, like the uh, Kiner Falefa 
th- or hit wasn't a bad hit. It was the bad base running by the Yankees. That's what gonna, what's going to cost you. Now also losing out on Matt Carpenter, who you're bringing up, Miguel and Duhar, who we already knew in a regular season or earlier on the season, he doesn't want to be there anymore. So it, it's gonna it's gonna cause friction. But can they actually get it done? Because here's another thing: Aaron Judge's career relies on this season. If he gives them a World Series, then yes, give him the money, but not the years. But if he doesn't win a World Series and all, and they don't win the World Series at all, everything that I've been saying this entire year is up in smoke because it's not worth it. If you do not win a World Series, this entire regular season doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't. It's a mirage. Just like the Red Sox June was a mirage. So I'm going to pick the Yankees now. I'm very hesitant to do it. Now, I don't think any they are the best team in their division, but can they beat Houston? That's where it's going to matter in the playoffs. Now, as long as they get that one and two seed, I'd rather have the one so they can have uh, they can have the home field advantage throughout the playoffs because we've seen what they do in the playoffs at home. They are a much better team. They don't feel comfortable in Houston. No team feels comfortable in Houston anyways because of the history there and what they've done before. Now, Carlos Correa is not there, so that is kind of helpful, but they still got guys like Kyle Tucker is able to step up and uh, Marisnik or whatever his name is. Like They have guys that are just able to fill in the holes and act like nothing's changed. We're still the Houston Astros. They're annoying, but they're good. Yeah, and then my prediction was I called it the New York Yankees because... Wait, wait, wait. Can I just say this real quick? A Red Sox fan picked the Yankees to win, by the way. (laughs) No, you got to admit when your team is good and the Yankees have tried to build it for years. They've had their chances to try and win this division. Now is their time and they've played so dominant so well and they're they're at a point where even a, a losing streak like you've just had mm. didn't cost you much ground <laughs> that's because that's the funny thing about it. It yeah. like it's still a 10 game lead. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like like even Boston can't get that lucky. But yet here, I think the Yankees have this division locked down. As far as the number one seed goes, they they could be in trouble for that. I think yes. it's starting to slip out of their hands if they keep playing like this. So, all right, I'm changing it to the Yankees. But, so now, this is the fun part. The wild card teams, you had Boston. We'll start with you real quick. You had Boston, Seattle, and the Blue Jays. Clearly, you're going to at least take out Boston, right? Am I safe to say that? Look, I could, you know, <laughs> ramble this ramble this off in so many ways, but I just don't know if Bo- even with where Boston is right now, I mean, we're, we're struggling against the Atlanta Braves in, in a two-game series, and the, then the World I don't want to know. So that makes sense. Yeah, but... Yeah, but I don't know how about this Yankee series, man. I mean, it, it's going to be tough. Even at our at our stadium at Fenway, it's tough. So, Sweet. yeah, I know. I, I I I've seen I've seen those seen those predictions. Yeah, I love how we had it last time. But I'll say it. I don't I don't think Boston has a team right now that could make the postseason just because of how we played in July and the pitching staff. There, there's no confidence in the pitching staff. No. I mean, it's developing. Of all the his had his inconsistencies, Winkowski's our best guy when he has a good day, and then our bullpen just can't stay at least in a good pattern of at least getting guys out when yeah. it matters most late in the games. And we're just not in a good position right now. And so I don't think Red Sox are going to make it. As far as the other teams, Blue Jays, yes, I think the Blue Jays are going to stay as a wild card. Okay. And then as far as 
Seattle, I think this is it. This has got to be the year Seattle finally makes the postseason. Now they at least finally make it. <laughs> they have to make it. They have an extra wild card spot for a reason. So the team like them can make it. This is the time for Seattle to finally break through and care about baseball again. They've had success with their football team. They had success with their soccer team. And now they got a hockey team as well. This is the time for the Mariners to rise up again. As for this now last wild card time. spot, man, yes, this last wild card spot. It, it, it's tough. I almost want to say Tampa Bay, but with all their injuries, it's starting to slip away. You could really see it. Yep. And I almost want I, I'm I'm gonna go for the underdog move. And again, we'll change it in a month. But I think right yep. now, I'm gonna take Baltimore. I'm gonna take the Orioles. Right. I think they, they have what it takes to get that last wild card spot. Just the way they've been playing right now. And I'm going to take the Orioles. All right. So I have said to change at least two of my wild card teams because I originally had the Yankees as a wild card. I just didn't trust them earlier on. So I'm taking them out, putting them back into my uh, division winner of the East. I have the Blue Jays which I'm keeping. I think they're consistent enough. I already have the Twins as my dark horse team. So I feel like all I need is one more team. Uh, you know what? I'm going to pick Seattle. I'm just going to do Seattle now. I'm going to jump on the bag, the wind, the bandwagon. Wow. Wagon band. Wagon band. I like that better. Wagon band. <laughs> because if the Twins make it, then I'm still good. And if they end up winning the Central, I'm still good, too. And the Central, I'm not going to change yet. Maybe I'll put the Twins there, and maybe I'll change the Guardians as a dark horse team instead. Hmm. But I feel com- I feel confident with my uh, picks right now. With the Yankees at the East, the West, the Wicked West is the Astros, which makes sense. The Central is the White Sox as of right now, because they're only a game and a half out of first place, because that Central is going to be really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very excited about that. And then I have the Blue Jays, the Seattle Mariners, and the Twins. So I think, yeah, I think that's a safe playoff prediction right there. And you have the Yankees in the East, the Wicked West of the Astros. You have the Twins in the Central, Baltimore, Seattle, and Toronto in the wildcard teams. Yeah, not specifically in that order, though. No. For wild card, yeah. Yeah. We're, I don't think we... We'll do in a specific order, uh, maybe like the last couple of weeks, like of okay. the podcast. We'll we'll focus on like, all right, what do we think is going to be the order? Unless the order is already picked by that point, then you know it's going to be figured out. But yeah. that is the American League uh, predictions. Let's go to the National League because this, oh man, this pen is going to get some work today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's go to the East. Mm. Do you remember who you had for the East? I almost want to say I think I picked the Phillies. You want is that your final answer, sir? Yeah, I think I picked the Phillies. You did pick the Phillies. Yeah. I picked the Braves, yeah. which are seven and a half out of that spot. You are ten and a half out of your spot. So we'll get to that in a second. Uh the West, that was kind of easy. Yeah. <laughs> Just was, you know, so well, I'm not even gonna touch that one. Yeah. 
and the Central, which is again another easy one because we both picked St. Louis. Yeah, no, I mean that is uh all right. So for this one, I mean the Mets have played well, so they've been playing so well. I mean they've been winning games. They did well against the Braves. They're currently on a six game. Now here's the thing though. I mean I'm not a Mets fan, but I'm sure there are Mets fans right now where it's like, wait, this is going right. That we are just expecting something to go wrong. Oh yeah. Like whether it's whether oh, it's yeah. an injury injury, the bullpen disappears, or it's just this whole feeling of being Mets fans. It's like, when is this going to fall? Very good. And things are I think what was that? Wait, what was that? Your mic cut out. <laughs> yeah, my mic's cutting in and out. Uh I said that these the things aren't supposed to go this good right now. We're not used to this. We're not used to nice things. <laughs> yeah, Mets fans. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Mets to win the division. I think. Right now, that series against the Braves really put them in a good position. I know the Braves are not officially out of it, but let's. I'm going to take these Mets to win the division. All right. So the Mets for Noah. <sighs> See, right now, hmm, because they're only seven and a half out, I think that's safe. I'm going to stick with the okay. Braves now. I think I just I have a good feeling about the Braves. I'm going to stick with it. I mean, again, we get to change this another month, so I think I'll be good. Uh, obviously the West. That's uh, yeah, we don't, we don't even touch no. that one. <laughs> um, the the Central. Uh, I'm, that's a little close. I mean, it's only between two yeah, teams. Yeah, I'm I'm confident though in St. Louis because they are a top quality organization and they've found their way to take over the division again. I mean, I know that they're going to be saying goodbye to Yadi Molina after this year, along with uh, Albert Pujols, but I think that they could the season. So I, I'm going to stick with the Cardinals. Yeah. Um. All right, so yeah, I'm gonna stick with the Cardinals as well. And let's see. So our wild card teams, you have the Mets as a new team in now, and you have the Padres and the Braves as your uh, wild card team. Are you still comfortable yeah, with the Braves and the Padres? Soto and Josh Bell, big moves, and I think that should be enough to make that wild card spot. The Braves, yeah, seeing how they've been playing so well and keep trying to keep up with the Mets, and even how they've been playing so well, I'm gonna go with the Braves. And then as for the last wild card spot. I am surprised that the Phillies are still alive after getting rid of Girardi. And then I know some people, I mean, I'm not sure how Philly fans felt about the whole Gregorius move. Like that was kind of at this point. I mean, you're looking at how the wild card plays out outside. You have Milwaukee and that's kind of it because it's kind of starting to run away. San Francisco's like seven and a half. I heard of Darren Ruff and yet it's always San Francisco's a questionable team on certain points of the year. So I'm going to go with Philadelphia. I'm going to wild card, and we're going to see the two longest playoff droughts in baseball finally come to an end. So the Phillies, right? That's, that's yeah. With the Padres. Because here's yeah. the thing. Your dark horse team is the Brewers. Do you want them as a wild card team? Or do you want the Phillies as your wild card team? The, the Brewers is my dark horse because right now, I mean, some, some things are not working out for uh, Milwaukee at different points. So I'm going to keep them as my dark horse. So, all right. I think for me, I'm going to keep the Phillies there. You know what? I, I just, I, I just don't trust the Padres right now. Home run the other day, but I feel like they're good. they're just over their heads right now. I'm going to go with the Mets as my wild card. I'm going to stick with the Phillies as my wild card, and I'm going to go with the Brewers because if they still be close enough with the Cardinals, I, I think they'll have a shot at uh, at getting in. Now, I wish I could change. Actually, you know, I don't even want to change my way. Last year, they won over 100 games, and now, right now, they're st- they're only seven and a half back of the of the uh, division. So they still have, or maybe it's just the wild card. Yeah, wild card. Maybe they still have a chance. Uh, and 
think about this though. They also have to play against the uh, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks in a little bit towards the end of the season. So they're going to have an easier schedule coming up as well. Whereas like the Phillies will have to go against the Mets, the the Brewers will have to go against the um, the Cardinals. So I'm not, you know, what? I'm not really going to change any of my wild card. Actually, I'm not changing any of my National League for the first time. I my National League side, if you look at this, is pretty clean right over here. I'm not changing okay. anything. I'm trusting it. Okay. So I I feel comfortable with that. Oh yeah. All right. And so, do you feel comfortable with your uh, picks, Noah? Because I feel comfortable with mine. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty solid with most of them. I mean, the Baltimore one again. I'm going out on a limb, but I'm willing to take a chance because you know Baltimore seems like a fun pick and. You know, it's been a good year for them. I mean, to at least see them start to win at baseball again. And then especially seeing how the Mariners and Phillies, you know, like to at least mention them in a postseason conversation, it kind of feels, uh, you know, different. I mean, I've never had to mention Mariners, you know, winning anything. So True. it's going to be definitely interesting. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Alpine Limited Co. Their mission is to provide high quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedco.com. And if you use code AIR10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedco.com and use code AIR10 to receive 10% off. It is the Midday Man of Sports podcast. This also kind of leads me to. Uh, our question of the day, by the way, Noah, because last week I didn't get to stump you, which I was kind of upset about. I had a good one, and then I had to find a new one. So we're going to try to stump you again. Okay. All right. So this is about your Red Sox. We're going to see how much you've been paying attention to your Red Sox season. All right? Okay. So here it is. There is a, there's a stat that the Red Sox did that I know many of you multiple choice options, obviously. How many starts did the Red Sox starting pitchers pitch without their starting pitchers being awarded with a win? So this happened this season, by the way. I don't know if you can okay. hear me. Uh, I can't hear you. You got it? Okay. So I don't know, do you want me to repeat the question again for you? Well, you basically said how many times have has the Red Sox starter gotten a win this year? No. In a certain amount of starts, your starting pitchers did not get a win. How many starts okay. this season did that – how many games that se- this season did that go for? Was it okay. 32, was it 29, was it 31, or was it 35 games where the starting pitcher did not get awarded a win, but the bullpen did? Um, okay, so you said the options were either 29 – did you say 30 or 31? I did, yep. 30, 30, 32, 29. 31 or 35? Um, I'm going to have to go with 31. Is that your final answer? Final answer. Oh, my goodness. We stumped him. We got him. We did it. We stumped him. This is brought to you by Sports Kita. It was 29 games that the Red Sox starting pitchers did not get awarded a win, but a bullpen did. And I got to find my marker real quick. I know I had it out here somewhere. I'll find it in a second. But we got him. We stumped the pegs. I should have some like, uh, victory music right now. No, uh, it, it was close because um, I know that July we did not have a win from a starter until like the very last day. Like it was that bad. No, it was that good, at least for all baseball teams, by the way. Not for you guys in particular, but. 
No, but that just shows how bad our starting pitching has been this year. Like we haven't consistently had a starter and then they're just not getting help. They're just not doing it. They just can't do anything about it. And it's the pitching has just been awful. So once again, I'm able to mark that we stumped Peg six times, by the way, since June 8th. You had that uh, two good weeks, but I think you go on vacation actually screwed yourself over. <laughs> That's what you get for going on vacation. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm trying to enjoy my time off. <laughs> so now that the preseason is about to start, this, oh man, this uh, Friday? Yeah, preseason is going to start this Friday. And so it's going to be our first time, and we're going to go head-to-head, by the way, on these matchups, because I have, I have always done this thing. Oh, I thought I wrote this down. I've always done this thing called the Mad Five Picks. So we pick, and we'll, and I think I told you about this already once, but we are going to pick five, de- five games that you and I are going to agree on, and we're going to pick the winner and the outcome of it, and then the winner gets the points, the loser doesn't. But we have to come up with something interesting of, like, if I win, you have to do this. Or if you win, I have to do something for you as well. Yeah. So we have to make it interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I believe the Jets and or not the Jets, the Giants and Patriots, I believe, play tomorrow. So that's going to be good. Yeah. Guys. Also, it's going to be uh, the Field of Dreams game tomorrow as well. I know. It's the I mean for baseball. And I, I will say baseball fans soak it in because they're not going to be. I, they just announced they're not going to do it next year due to construction. So be sure to at least enjoy the field of dreams while you can. It was, it was such beautiful. It was beautiful last year and I'm it was, it's just good this year as well. It was definitely great last year, but I'm not as interested with it this year because of the Cubs and Reds. Yeah. The two teams in the central who are really struggling. And I mean, the Cubs and Reds, they don't really have that many key players and they, they at least wanted people from the local areas because, you know, the Chicago team out in Iowa and then, you know, the, the Reds, of course, you know, being the oldest organization in baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is – it makes sense. It is historic. I just don't like – right now, like, they're not that good. I'd rather have the, the Astros or Yankees or even the Mets and Phillies, for instance. I'd rather have them, you know, the Cubs or, or the Cardinals and Brewers. Someone that actually is relevant, and it's actually in a pennant race. Like, yeah, last year, Yankees, White Sox, they were both in pennant races. That made sense. But, I mean, they they schedule these games so far out in advance that they can't really tell what these teams are going to be like. So, But, yeah, anyway, football. That's what we're talking about. All right. So, we are going to do – we are going to predict the division leaders, winners. We're also going to predict our wildcard teams and our – dark horse teams as well. All right. So I'm going to let you go first, Noah. So All I'm right. Sorry. You know what? I mean, since we started with the American League and, you know, we could go we could go AFC, American Conference, but let's start with NFC. Let's okay. start with NFC for football. And we got to talk about my division, you know, Giants. The crappiest division of all. Yeah, NFC least, and, you know, I've heard the jokes before. But, yeah, this one, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Philadelphia looks good. The Commanders changed their name, but yet they bring Carson Wentz as quarterback. So we'll see him get hurt by, like, week five. 
probably Giants. You know, we have a new coach again, which you know it's just frustrating, and we're always we're continuing our rebuild. Yes, it's a rebuild, and then oh, last year was your rebuild. I don't know. I mean, we're rebuilding over and over and over again. You know that song? This is a song that never ends. I always get in my head. This is the rebuild that never ends. And it goes on and on, my friends. Uh, <laughs> As my wife is like, please stop singing, please. It's a terrible <laughs> song. <laughs> and then you look at Dallas. They lost some key free agents like Mr. Amari Cooper. And that was a big loss there. But for their for their offense, and yet some people are still upset about McCarthy being the coach. But True. I think it's enough to win the division. I think Dallas could be the team to finally win the the division the first time since I believe 2004, when the Eagles were the last team to win the division and like back to back consecutively. Yep. Because it's always been rotated. It's like either Dallas, Philly, Washington, like or then. You know, Dallas and then Philly, and then the Giants snuck in that one time or like twice. Yeah, I know. And then after that, it's like Washington, then Philly, then Philly, then Washington, then Dallas again, then Dallas. And then, then the, that was the year Washington, you know, won in the worst year in 2020. But I think Dallas has enough talent and pretty much a, a good amount of games to win in this division. And I think they're going to win the NFC East again. I'm actually opposite of you. I'm picking the Eagles, and it really pains me to say this, but I think the Eagles are a much better team than the Cowboys, and I think they're – I mean, I I don't believe in Jalen Hurts as their quarterback, and if they can use him – if they learn from the Reds, the uh, commander's mistake of years ago with RG3 and when they tore his ACL when they made him run a lot – if he can be contained, now, not every play has to be in the pocket, but a good amount of the plays has to be in the pocket. Some you can run, but I just think that their offense is going to be great. They got A.J. Brown, which I thought is the Cowboys lost uh, Cooper. Brown is a big uh, complimentary for Devontae Smith, so that's already two receivers that you're going to have to have problems with. And then if Miles Sanders can be the Miles Sanders that we knew back in Penn State, I think this Eagles team, I think they can at least win the division. I think they're a better team in the division. Now, going far in the playoffs, I don't think they could do it because you'd have to go into the Green Bay, Tampa, L.A., one of those whatever teams, you know, that we remember from last year. But I have Philly winning the East instead. Um, okay. So let's go with the North. Is it safe to say we both agree on Green Bay? Yeah, this okay. is Green Bay's division, and to quote – uh, one man named Aaron Rodgers. I still own you. I still own you. Like that's basically just how he is with this division. And Chicago is not ready. New coach, new system for Justin Fields. Hopefully they don't ruin him with injuries. Detroit. Seriously. I I, I just can't say anything about Detroit. Unless, I mean, I, I have to see how I need to watch hard knocks to see uh, how they're enjoying it. I believe the first episode just came out. Yeah. So at least they'll have that to, for their highlight. But then Minnesota, Minnesota, I just, I'm always unsure of. They did add a lot on the defense. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that they, they, I believe they got Zadarius Smith. They were able to get him away after he, he turned down the Baltimore deal. And then just looking at this Minnesota, it's like you win games 
in so many different ways, but then you lose to Dallas when they had Cooper Rush starting. Like, that is just makes it uncertain for Minnesota. But yet, I still think, even with the loss of Devontae Adams in Green Bay, I'm picking the Packers because they have they still have a guy who's capable of winning MVPs in Aaron Rodgers. There's two factors I went into this decision-making. Was the coach and quarterback. Which coach do I trust more? Which quarterback do I trust more? I don't really know anything about the Chicago Bears coach, so he's already out. And Justin Fields is going to his second year. So he's not proven yet. Then you look at the Lions. Not many people really care about Jared Goff. I mean, even a lot, even the Rams didn't want him. So he's kind of on the lower end. He's a good quarterback, but for the right system. We didn't really – last year was – I mean, it was last year. Can you really say anything about their head coach? Uh, Car- I, I can't remember his name. That's the problem. It's uh, Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, Campbell. I knew it started with a C. It sounded like Campbell Soup. So uh, I just don't know about him either. And then you look at – the Vikings don't they have a new coach as well. Zimmer's out, right? Yeah. And Kirk Cousins, he's unreliable. Now he's a good quarterback, but he's the second best quarterback in that division behind Aaron Rodgers. And that's why I chose Green Bay for that division. The South, uh, Tampa Bay. Anyone? Yeah. Yeah, Tampa Bay. This is a weak year for the South because oh, because a lot the, the sack of the Saints got a new coach. The Panthers are going to have an interesting take at uh, quarterback with Mayfield. Who is going to be the quarterback? And, you know, if he, as long as he stays healthy, but uncertain. But then the Falcons are rolling out with Marcus Mariota. And, like, hmm. okay. And then, you know, <laughs> Tampa Bay should be thankful that uh, Tom Brady came back. So I'm pretty sure that this is going to be uh, Tampa's year. Plus, they just got Julio Jones, you know, to rub some salt into the wounds of Falcons fans. Seriously, that's going to hurt. Now, my thing is, because I've had him on fantasy at least last year, he was not healthy enough, and that's why he didn't really help the Titans. But if you look at the – it's a perfect fit for him because they already have Evans. They already have Godwin. You don't need to be that number one. All you have to do is just run your route, which he is a great route runner anyways, so it all makes sense why he goes to Tampa Bay to win with Tom Brady. Yeah, and and he's not a diva like Antonio Brown. He's not going to, you know, take his pads off and everything, do jumping jacks across the field, yeah, (laughs) and then, you know, ask for a ride to the airport. (laughs) And then go to the Nets game the next night. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The West, the Wild West. I got the Rams. Uh, I think I don't trust Kyler Murray yet, especially with their collapse last season at the end and then losing to the Rams. The defense for the Rams is still great. You still have the double team, Aaron Donald. You still have one of the best corners in the game right now um, with, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's from Jacksonville. Yeah, Ramsey, you still have him. Um, Yeah, and there's just so many good players. And Allen Robinson comes to the offensive side now for the Rams. He was the number one receiver in for the Bears, but he now comes to the Rams. So I I like, I just like the Rams better. And I don't, I don't know what we're going to get from Trey Lance. That's the other thing. If Jimmy Garoppolo was starting quarterback, then I would say the Niners still have a chance to win that division. But because they're, they are adamant about going with Trey Lance, I, I don't know enough about him yet. So I'm going to go with the Rams, who's already won the, the Super Bowl and the division. Or no, they did they win the division last year? On the Rams? Did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I can't yeah. remember. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams in this one. Yeah, L.A. Rams, 
are in a great era now. They got that Super Bowl, and they're going to take over this division because Seattle is setting in that rebuild phase. You have San Francisco, which is getting to the point where it's like, okay, we'll, we're willing to move on from Garoppolo, but yet, you know, it's like there's going to be a lot of things being uncomfortable in that organization now that that's out there that you, you feel that now is the time to move on from Garoppolo. And then as for the Cardinals, it's been a little inconsistent with how they played last year, the year before. They have something going, but then down the stretch, it's like, okay, we really can't trust these guys with what they could do. I mean, they at least made the postseason last year. They are going to believe in this system of Kingsbury and Murray, and now they just have to try and ride it out. But unless things change, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Rams as, you know, top defensive player. Matthew Stafford is happy and actually good at football, and Sean McVay is a brilliant mind in football. I'm glad he's going to stay in coaching for a bit longer and not go to broadcasting. He really needs to stay in coaching. So I'm taking the Rams for the West. The other problem is with the Cardinals, they're going to be without DeAndre Hopkins for the next six weeks anyways because yeah. of the suspension. We we still have yet to hear anything about that. But as of right now, the Rams still look like the best team in that division. Uh, do you want to go to the American Conference, the AFC for next, and well, then do the wild card? Um, we could just do the wild card quickly for the NFC. Let's All right. The wild so, card. who do you have for your wild card teams? Well, for my wild card teams, I am going to pick uh, Arizona still. Uh, uh-huh. They have enough to get to that wild card. And then I'm also picking the Eagles. I know I didn't pick them for the division, but yet Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, they have enough to go into uh, the wild card spot. And then – you know, you would think San Francisco, but seeing how there's a bit of trouble going on out there, I, I'm going to pick Minnesota. I okay. think Minnesota will sneak in, even if it's like a 9-8 and eight or like 10-7 and seven record. That should yeah. be enough for the NFC. Now, as, you know, a dark horse team that, ugh, man, you know, the NFC has like too many teams that are like bad, and I just don't know who to pick, like even as, as a safe pick and (laughs) for now it may just have to be san francisco because you eliminate all the odds and even if you know trey lance is out there it's like san francisco or new orleans but i would have to pick probably san francisco because i think kyle shanahan's the better coach okay so i have philly well no i have dallas as my um my wild card team i have san francisco actually as my wild card team uh, I still think their defense is good. I still think that they have a chance. And I also have um, – I actually have Arizona as well as my wildcard team. So we, we're about even – I just don't believe Minnesota. I think they're going to bottom out. I just feel like they will. But they find a re- they find ways, as you had already mentioned, uh, of losing somehow. And I think that they're just going to lose it somehow. My dark horse team is actually a team that I chose for the division already – which is Tampa Bay, um, because they're going to get overlooked with their division being so weak. But their schedule is actually a really good schedule. When you go against the Rams, you go against the Ravens, you go against the uh, the Cowboys in week one. Um, you have the Saints, who's obviously owned them. You have the Chiefs as well. I believe they play the Packers too, right? Yeah, so they actually have a tough schedule. They play against Cincinnati. So Joe Burrow will be going to Tampa Bay. 
And I keep saying Tampa for a reason because I like Tampa Bay <laughs> because it's Tom Brady's Bay. Yeah. Um, you also them going against the the Cardinals, so they actually have a tough schedule coming up. Just because their division is terrible, it it's like the SEC for Alabama. The SEC, like their non conference schedule, may be terrible, but their their conference schedule is enough. So I I have Tampa Bay as my dark horse team, and you had uh, San Fran. You said. Uh, yeah, the Niners is my dark horse. All right. So we got that. And let's go to the AFC side. Uh, Buffalo East. <laughs> yeah, the Bills are the best team in that division. And that's making up for the last 20 years of Patriots dominance. So I'm going with the Bills. Sean McDermott has a great system. And oh. that, even though it, it, it's finally feeling like an even division now, but yet Buffalo is the better team. Uh, the North. I feel like we're going to disagree on this one. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I'll go first. Um, Well, I mean, I had doubts. Everyone had doubts on this team last year, but I'm picking the Bengals to win the division. I think with a – I believe with a Super Bowl win or Super Bowl appearance finally broke through to the team. I mean, it's unfortunate that they're renaming the stadium, but yeah, you know that's going to be the only way they're going to pay. Yeah, yeah that, that's the only way they're going to be able to pay Joe Burrow because he's going to move somewhere else. But yet, Cincinnati needs to make sure they get him his Patrick Mahomes contract, and so I think the Bengals, with the confidence around the team, Zach Taylor more respected as a coach, and you know I think he's got a little more job security now. Um, the, also in this division, the Steelers, I mean, this is the weakest the Steelers are probably going to be, but yet, you know, they're going to still sneak some wins because they're a quality organization. Cleveland is in an interesting situation with the whole Deshaun Watson case going on. He's, we'll get into that in a minute, but then you also have uh, Baltimore. They'll be stronger, but I think Cincinnati is, this is their time to at least, uh, take that division spot once again and get a higher seed this time so that they can at least get an extra home game in the playoffs. So I'm taking Cincinnati. Actually, Baltimore because of Lamar Jackson. Oh. And I trust, and again, I did the same thing as I did with the with the North of the NFC side. I looked at the coach and I looked at the quarterback. John Harbaugh, besides Tomlin, are the two most, are the two longest reigning coaches in that division. So those two are already at the top. However, Tomlin doesn't have a quarterback. That's now they may be going with Trubisky. All all eyes right now are on him to win that starting position as of right now. But again, preseason is just about to start, so we'll see about how that goes in two weeks. However, if you're looking at the quarterbacks now, again, we don't know about Deshaun Deshaun Watson. We'll get into that a little bit, and also Pittsburgh still doesn't have a quarterback. Trubisky, I would still take Lamar over him, but if it's Lamar and and Burrow, I would take Lamar because of the dual threat that he possesses over Joe Burrow. Now, Joe Burrow, no, Burrow can run, but Lamar is quicker. Now, I think his release needs to be a little better and more accurate because he was hurt last season. So I think that's one reason why Cincinnati was able to step in. But Baltimore's been there and done that before. I, I'm going with Baltimore this time. I think they can do it. Yeah, it's an interesting take, and I understand that whole experience with uh, John Harbaugh and what he brings to the table. I just think that the whole uh, thing with Joe Burrow is that, you know, he's feeling really good, and I consider him a top 
five QB in the NFL right now, just into that stratosphere after how he performed last year. I think he's he's in the tier two for me right now. I don't think he's a tier one yet, but I think he's definitely a tier two quarterback potential to, with a tier one move. Um, the South, I feel like we're going to disagree on this one too. I'm going to go first since you went first last time. Though. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to go with the Titans. Ooh, okay. And I, I just by your reaction, I'm already seeing. I'm already sensing that you're not going with them, and I'm okay with that. I think even though they lost out with Brown, if they fix their offensive line and they fix their secondary, I think they're still going to be a good team. And by the way, they still have the best running back in the league. So Tannehill doesn't even need to be great. He just needs to be good. He actually doesn't even need to be good. He just needs to be solid, which is a below level of good. He just needs to be okay. Stop turning the damn ball over because that's what cost them against the the Bengals in that first round playoff matchup last season. If he's good, give the damn ball to Henry. If Henry can be healthy, then this team is going to win. Yeah, I mean, you're going to go with Colts, though. I feel like yeah, the Cats out of the bag. I'm picking Indy because the fact is that Indy's always had those good guys, and last year Carson Wentz, you know, blew it. In the, fi- in the final games, especially that last one against Jacksonville, when you had all those fans wearing clown wigs and everything, just to mock their own owner. But, yeah, it ended up being successful for Jacksonville with them spoiling the Colts' plans to go to the postseason. But, yet, yeah, I think with Matt Ryan, again, Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. He yeah. won an MVP. Yeah. He led his team to a Super Bowl and yet consistently ends up with at least over 3,000 and f- at least – 700 yards or even 3,500 yards passing every year, even sometimes 4,000. So this is a guy that that can put up the good numbers. He just needs a team that can win and at least have good quality players because Atlanta was just embracing the rebuild, getting rid of all their guys. And now with Indy, I mean, Frank Reich's still the coach. He was able to take this team to the playoffs with Phillip Rivers. And it was so close last year with Carson Wentz. Now, Indy's just hoping that they could at least keep a QB for the next few years because they've just been moving up guys in and out, so inconsistent, and yet they just need a stable position at quarterback. And now, I think with Matt Ryan, I think it's enough for the division. Tennessee, they had their chance last year. You had the home field. You could have hosted the AFC Championship game on your own turf, and yet you lost the game, couldn't close it out, and even run away with it. And yet, Derrick Henry, still quality running back, but they're figuring him out. They're figuring out the system. And yet, I like Mike Vrabel as a coach, but you keep playing like this, and yet time is running out. And this Tennessee team and even the fans are like, can we really trust Ryan Tannehill? I'm glad he I'm glad I'm glad he got a second chance at Tennessee. I felt bad for what happened in Miami, but yet they missed the window when they had it last year when they were able to at least host the road to the Super Bowl. But yet I think Indianapolis is going to try to reclaim their division. I also think, and it's kind of funny that you mentioned it, that, you know, what the only thing Tennessee is actually hosting now is SummerSlam events for WWE. (laughs) (laughs) I think I did see that. (laughs) Yeah. They had like 20 or 40,000 people for SummerSlam just two weeks in. Two weeks ago. Um, okay. So the West. All right. Yeah. <laughs> the West. The best conference in all of football anymore. Yeah. The, the, the division. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is tough. 
but I, I feel confident with my pick. I don't know how confident you feel with your pick. Yeah. But again, these are way too early predictions of what we think and who we think is going to win the division. I am going with, and I'm going to build this up for a second, just to have that pause for one moment to really make you think, is he going to go that way? No, he's not going to go that way. Denver Broncos, Mm. I think with Russell Wilson finally giving them a quarterback, not Drew Locke, Russell Wilson, he's going to have the crowd. He's already been in the stadium with a big crowd. Peyton Manning played there. He's going to feel that pressure, but he's going to feel home because it's Denver. He has a great receiver, Jerry Judy. Now, Cortland Sutton is out because of the injury to his leg in practice, which really sucked. And I think wasn't it uh, – who else was injured? There's someone else. I can't remember. Maybe it wasn't. But they're going to have Sutton as well. They're also going to have Kenny Hamlin from Penn State, who was a good slot receiver as well. They already had a good running back and a solid defense with Bradley Chubb in the middle. And they were in a lot of their division games last year. They were in almost every game that they played in their division. It was just everyone else that would ruin it for them. But I'm going with, I'm going with the Broncos. I think they're going to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to stick with uh, the team that has played so well. I'm going with Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes is still that top guy at quarterback. I know he's gone now to three straight AFC champion. No, four straight AFC championship games. And I know he just lost his main weapon in in Tyreek Hill. But yet you still got Travis Kelsey. Andy Reid's still the coach. And this is still a top guy who knows how to win football games and I'm sure Kansas City will figure things out during the season if you know they need to find another wide receiver that I think that this is a quality organization that you know is at least in the last few years has really been playing good football so I know it got really tough in this division they added yes. so so yes. many so many guys added different players I mean you can't even undervalue the Chargers who you know missed out on the playoffs last year because they added Khalil Mack and then the Raiders got Devontae Adams. And then, of course, yes, Denver, you got your quarterback and Russell Wilson. But I still think Kansas City has enough win the division. Yeah, I See, I think this is the time where Mahomes is going to be dethroned. And I just think that the Broncos have a chance. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos win. Um, and even maybe take home field advantage, honestly, because the Broncos are just that kind of a good team. They, all they needed was a quarterback. They had everything else. Um, and now we'll, we'll really see what they can do. Uh, for the wild card teams, which I think is funny, by the way, because at least I think actually all of your division winners are my wild card teams. <laughs> I have. Except since, the Bills. Yeah, except the Bills. So I have Cincinnati as my wild card team. I have Indy as my wild card team. And I have Kansas City as my wild card team. <laughs> So let me guess, the three that I had are your wildcard teams, by the way. Well, let me just talk about this. I mean, yes, I do have Baltimore as a wildcard team. And then, uh, yes, I do have Denver as a wildcard team because there's no doubt that uh, Denver is going to be playing so much better this year. Now, are you this picking last the Raiders, one, though? Yeah, I, I've. This is a tough pick because you could go so many different ways with who could steal this last spot. 
where honestly, you can't even eliminate a team like the Patriots. Remember, they made it last year. And Bill Belichick, a smart coach, has his ways to get in. And then even Miami. I know Miami got a new coach and uh, Mike McDaniel, and they just got Tyreek Hill, which, you know, could explode things down in Miami for a wild card spot. And then, again, you can't sleep on L.A., the Chargers. I know they – you know, they were so close last year, but I mean, I, I, I thought about this initially. I thought about the Raiders, you know, like with Devontae Adams, with the way it's going, but like it's the coach McDaniels had his struggles in Denver. And I just don't know if a first year is going to be enough. And I think I have to go with the experience. So I, yes, I I'm going for Tennessee right now because of the top, the top running back with Derrick Henry. I think that should be enough to get them to that wild card. So basically every team, we basically flip-flop. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, your dark horse team. Oh, yeah, and the AFC. Uh, You're yeah. allowed to have two. I have two, by the way, for the yeah. AFC. The NFC, it's, it's so difficult to choose one. I choose two for the AFC because it's that much more difficult. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to choose – the Raiders as one because as mentioned seeing how I had them right on the edge of making that wild card and then as for the other one uh, yeah this one's tough but I'm going to go with New England Ooh, okay. again as I said Bill Belichick and Mac Jones I think you know if they can get on the same page again it's it, you know Mac Jones did well for his rookie year yeah to get them to the postseason. And so I think another season with the New England Patriots could surprise some people. I have the Chargers. Mm, okay. And I have the Miami Dolphins. Uh. So I have the opposite AFC's team from you, only because I think Tyreek Hill gives the Dolphins that slight edge over everyone else. Now, I cannot wait to watch. The first time the Jets and the Dolphins play when it's their new cornerback, Sauce Gardner, against Tyreek Hill. I cannot wait to watch that matchup because I want to know who's going to burn him because that, that is the prime matchup right there. Now, I hope to God Sauce is healthy. I really do because somehow Jets and their first-round draft picks always get hurt. I mean, Mekhi Becton is out because he just got hurt in practice. Just this past week, it was announced, I think, today or yesterday, which really sucks. But it, it's, it's kind of – we got a next man up mentality. But I can't wait to watch Beckton, or uh, Sauce and Hill against each other because that's going to be such a great matchup. Yeah, the cheetah is going to get stuck in the sauce. Yes, I hope so. And he slows them down. So your Super Bowl prediction, we're going to do this now. Your All right. Super – early Super Bowl prediction. And this is what will be going up on the whiteboard a little bit later on as well. All right. So AFC, I'm picking the Bills. Okay. The Bills have had enough. They are tired of losing to Kansas City. They cannot take it anymore. And they they are going to get the, that number one seed or die trying because that, that's just how it's got to be for Buffalo. Because right. this is their chance with Josh Allen. And then as far as the NFC, man, I mean, I really, I really think it could be tough, but uh, 
looking at what I could do for early prediction on this one. I, uh, I'm going to go with the LA Rams. Repeat for the Super Rams. Bowl. All right. I think that every. I think there are teams that repeat in the Super Bowl, like the Chiefs. They were able to do it, and I think with McVay and Stafford, and still having Aaron Donald as the top defensive player, I'm going to stick with the Rams. All right. So my NFC predictions, wow, for the championship game are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus LA Rams, and my AFC predictions are the Bills. And Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship game in Buffalo. But I'm going with the Bills and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because you can't get you can't mess with the GOAT. And I'm yeah, going he, with the GOAT winning. Yeah, but he guy. just turned 45. <laughs> yeah, and watch how well he produces this year, too. I can't mean, hold this- that man down. He's he's almost to fifty though. <laughs> like, come on. He's probably only gonna play like two more, two or three more seasons, then be done. Yeah, and then start making money off of Fox Sports. <laughs> exactly. So I I honestly think if he does go out this season, he's gonna win it with this. So I'm I'm picking Tampa Bay to win this. Okay. All right. So yeah, do you have the Bills and Rams as your super early Super Bowl predictions? I have Tampa Bay versus the Bills, and I have Tampa Bay winning it all. For our su- and that's our super early uh, Super Bowl predictions. You, you said, yeah, you said Tampa Bay is going to win it all again. You, yep. That's what you said. Yep. Okay. As for my pick, I, I think that this is the year for Buffalo. Year of the Bills. Yes, the Bills fans, the smashing of tables. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's also going to be in Arizona. You know, helping. You know what happens in Arizona, right? What? <laughs> Either Tampa loses because the Giants were in the Super Bowl, or Tom Brady wins because they didn't run the ball. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's a nice venue to host the Super Bowl, and so many great moments. I mean, yeah. again, the, the helmet catch, and then again that that Seattle game recently oh. against New England. Last year, according to like an NFL video on YouTube, I believe, was ranked as like the number one Super Bowl in, in that video, uh, just because it was such a good game. I mean, I, I don't think it's a number one Super Bowl because no. because again that interception at the end sort of just ruined everyone's day. <laughs> I my number one Super Bowl of all time is uh, the the Falcons and Patriots Super Bowl. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. Well, you know, you, you definitely know what mine is. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, wait. Is it? No, not that one. Is it when the Cowboys won? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't alive for that one, man. <laughs> That's true. Or, no, yours was the Eagles winning the Super Bowl against the Oh, Patriots. no. no. <laughs> Worst year of my life. <laughs> and you know what's sad for all Giants fans? Because that was the one thing that you guys also had over the Eagles was every team in the division but the Eagles won a Super Bowl. And then it's like, hey, guys, we got one, too. Look at us. Like, yeah, who cares? We all have, like, three or more over you. (laughs) Seriously, I've never thought that 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 whole year between Eli getting benched and McAdoo doing his stupid stuff as head coach, 
I seriously, as a Giants fan, cannot think of a worse possible year as my time as a Giants fan. And then watching the Eagles play. Just the cherry on top. Yeah, that, that just made it so much worse. Uh, that was great. So much fun memories going down memory lane with the Giants fan. It's okay. I don't really have just, any good and, memories for, as a chef, so it's okay. And just for the and just for the record, it's Super Bowl forty two for those who needed to know. <laughs> oh yeah, I never said what Super Bowl was. Oh darn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of uh, bad things, and I talked about this last week on the episode because no was on vacation because apparently no Jacob vacation and say he's good whatever couldn't even call in but whatever it's okay it's done it's over moved on just keep rubbing it in a little bit uh the, unfortunately the Deshaun Watson saga continues uh as of last week there and I don't know if anyone remembers but he the NFL came down with his six game suspension as of last week however and I'm thankful that as I was about to do this show it turns out that the NFL was appealing to the decision. We are still yet to hear about that decision yet uh, because Roger Goodell did actually find put someone in charge of that. Uh, they appointed Peter C. Harvey, a former New Jersey attorney general, to hear the appeal of Watson's suspension for violations of the NFL's personal conduct policy. Uh, they do not have a ruling yet, but the NFL did appeal. Uh, they actually found, and Roger Goodell talked about this on Tuesday, that because of the findings that were in this, and this is again according to ESPN, Roger Goodell says the league is seeking a tougher penalty for Deshaun Watson because the quarterback's actions were egregious and predatory behavior. Uh, we have seen the evidence. We've seen the evidence. She was very clear about the evidence, and she's and she is she is he's talking about the. Uh, I believe it was Sue Robinson, who was a disciplinary officer earlier this month that the NFL had appointed originally. There were multiple, and according to Goodell, there were multiple violations that were egregious and it was predatory behavior. But they think that this is more for a, a year suspension instead of the six-game suspension that, um, that they was offered originally. Robinson sought to differentiate between violent and nonviolent sexual conduct robinson concluded that watson's conduct does not fall into the category of violent conduct behavior and would uh require the minimum six game suspension now again she was going on what was previously done in former cases but nothing really was egregious like this case because if you look back at the ezekiel you look back at ben roethlisberger there was only one person in in that case or maybe Ezekiel had two. Watson had 24 women stand up. 24. So you don't have four people. You have 24 people standing up, and you had to settle cases for. And just because it's not a nonviolent crime or nonviolent conduct, that's psycho. 24 women came up and said, listen, this is wrong. This is what he had us do. He made us do sexual sexual things. My big problem, and I still have this big problem, is he has yet to apologize and even take any any or see anything wrong with this behavior. That to me is the big whoa red flag. What the hell is going on here? Because you don't see something wrong. That right there is what's wrong. Now, when you're talking to a kid, 
And I remember working at the Boys and Girls Club this past school year and always talking with the kids and helping them understand, well, why do you think this is wrong? And having them come to that conclusion was great because they understood. This guy now, he's probably getting the wrong advice from a PR agent and say, no, 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 we're, don't say that you did it because then you actually have to answer all these other questions. He's probably getting coached by that, which is the reason why it's not actually apologizing. But he's yet to apologize. He is yet to say that he did the that he did something wrong and to acknowledge that it's wrong. That's three red flags right there. That should be, I mean, Mike Vick for dog fighting got in, imprisoned and what, two years out of the league. This right here is, especially since the pandemic has been going on, has been big with mental health issues that are now popping up and people are finally getting help. This is a red flag. He needs help. Yeah. Seeing that, notification last week six games i thought was completely awful but yet then to hear that it wasn't really the nfl's decision it was a judge's decision and yet the nfl and yet the nfl appealing i mean i'm glad i'm glad they're doing this because for one roger goodell knows as a commissioner and even league executives are like we have to get this right going back to going back to the whole ray rice situation you got to remember like the way that they had you know there was evidence with it but of course, there was issues of how they obtained that evidence. So there was a bit, I think, of controversy with some of it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But then you, but then the fact was is that you know it started out as like a two or four game suspension. It everyone went crazy about it, and yet now Ray Rice is no longer part of football. But then, yeah. but then you got to see the NFL has to take a stand with what's important and what you know violence against women is completely wrong. And yet this has been a bad year for the NFL as a whole. With, oh, yeah. between between with the fact of the Sean Watson case, what's going on with the Washington Commanders investigation, and then and the Dolphins, not, yeah, not not to mention the whole thing with uh, the Gruden emails. I mean, basically, like a lawsuit about getting all those emails revealed. Like there are cracks going on in the NFL, oh, and yeah. yet and yet something's gonna burst at some point. But then. Just to look at this thing with Deshaun Watson, the NFL knows they have to get this right. And yet, clearly, since there are so many cases and it took them this long to find out about this, six games is not enough. No. They're, they're, that's why they're going for the whole year. This guy should not be playing football this year. And yet, I mean, he didn't play last year, but yet you weren't suspended. You could have played. You just didn't want to play for Houston. And yet this is something that they need to get right. And I'm sure – if there's no suspension of over a year, people are going to be very upset. And yeah, every time Deshaun Watson takes the field after he serves a suspension, it's just, it's going to be tough for him. And yet people are going to make it uncomfortable for him, you know, being out there on the field. And then I'm trying to think like even, even some teams, you know, they have female coaches now. Yeah. And so, so that, that the Niners really- have a female coach. The I think the Lions have a female coach and it's not even just coaches either. It's, Women in sports, women are now actually being perceived as equals in the sports realm, especially the NFL, which is great because now we're seeing diversity. Now we're seeing inclusion. And I, not to interrupt you, but I think what I had the same reaction that you had last week was six games. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I was and I remember right before I was about to do the episode, I'm like, I need to check. Is the NFL really going to appeal this or not? And thank God they did at right before I went on with the next last week's episode. But this is, this is bad for the NFL. The boat is starting to sink 
and the cracks are starting to pull through. I mean, you had the Dolphins scandal that's going on. You had uh, Gruden's thing that happened in uh, Las Vegas. You have um, so many problems. And Deshaun Watson right now is the cream of the crop because you don't see anything wrong. Brian Flores was the one that brought the Miami Dolphins thing to light that said, hey, he was going to pay me a hundred grand to throw games so we could get Burrow, which never even happened anyways. Yeah, but then you also saw with Miami, they, they ended up having the owner suspended, not because of what really happened with Flores. It was mainly because apparently they were tampering or something because they were talking to Tom Brady yeah. they, they were, because they decided, you know, we want Tom Brady and we also want Sean, Sean Payton as our coach. Apparently they got in trouble for that. They lost the draft pick. And then the, the owner suspended for like a month of football or yeah, sometime in October, he's allowed to come back. But then to go back into this whole thing with Deshaun Watson, I mean, there are like, you look at other suspensions. I mean, you had Josh Gordon, he got busted for marijuana. He got suspended for an entire year. And then yet now, nowadays, I mean, we're, we're seeing legalized marijuana in the, not only in states, but then in the sports as well. But yep. then in the NBA. Look, but then to also look at um, what happened with uh, Ridley. I mean, he got suspended for gambling. I mean, he wasn't even playing, but yet because he was betting on the Falcons, he's going to be suspended indefinitely. I mean, yet you, you, I know you're talking about violating the integrity of the game, at least with gambling, but yet you're condoning and not severely punishing those who have violence against women in this particular form. Yeah. And yet again, the 24 women had to come forward. And yet the, the, this has just been a really mucky situation and very awful about how this has been going on. And yet it's been dragged out for way too long. Yeah. Like they should have at least made a decision, you know, a few months ago, but yet here they only made the decision just last week. And yet, here they are, and maybe dragged out again. And Deshaun Watson, as of right now, is supposed to be the starter for the Browns this Friday for the first preseason game. So, and even if he appeals it, he's still going to be able to play because when you're in the appeal process, you can still do these things in the NFL, which is ridiculous. But, yeah. and apparently, I don't know if I heard this right or not, there is a massage. Oh, what is it called? Uh, you know, when you're like, you, the, uh, when you gather at like some kind of a huge event, like I don't know if you ever heard of Comic Con in San Diego, a convention. That's what it is. There well, is I've heard massage. of Comic Con, yeah. Yeah. So there is a massage therapist convention. You know where it's happening? Cleveland, of all places. Wow. Yeah. How awkward and coincidental is that? Yeah. I mean, I, I would get. I would. I'm sure that the organization may fi- file a restraining order. On uh, Deshaun Watson, or at least make sure that he's not nowhere near the place. And he needs yet, help. Yeah, I mean, you also look at uh, you remember Houston allowed the whole non-disclosure stuff. I believe they had to settle some of the lawsuits as well, yeah. considering they kind of knew about the problem. And yet, it was just a whole messy situation that really just needs to get taken care of. And Deshaun Watson need needs help. I mean, and it's just gone on for a little too long. And it makes you wonder, like. What was his upbringing really like now? Because this is another big question that I have. Like, we know what Tom Brady grew up with. You you know, like some of these guys, we know they grew up in a raw, in a bad neighborhood and they wanted to make the best for themselves. And that, that's a good story. But Deshaun Watson came from winning the national championship against or losing the national championship, then winning the national championship, getting drafted to the Texans, leading the NFL in yards. 
And then all of a sudden you don't want to play for the Texans anymore. Well, why? And now the question is, how long has this been really going on for? What, what are other things that we don't know about that you did or that either happened to you that you haven't processed yet? Because something must have happened when you were a kid. These things just don't happen. You're either groomed or you're, you are in that realm where that is what you're used to. So something happened. And that's why I feel like this guy really needs help because that's the only way to really understand what the hell is going on right now. And it's sad. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, just how he's sort of how he's fallen right now. And yet the NFL wants to make sure that the decision is made and where that at least, you know, he's not going to be playing football as long as the, the right punishment is made, especially considering the circumstance of what happened and what he has done to these women. And I would also mandate you're not only not going to play football, but you are getting help. You have to have some kind of therapy session mm-hmm. because this can't go on and this cannot happen anymore. We cannot put people's lives at risk. You are playing a game which anyone would play for even just hundreds of money, hundreds of dollars instead of millions of dollars of what you're getting right now. You are playing a game that anyone would give their life for. And you are doing your own things and making these mistakes. Learn from it, but get better from it as well. And I and I really do hope that he does get better, but it, it's... I, and I'm glad the NFL is actually doing some things. I am actually, for once, Roger Goodell is actually taking a stand. And I, I'm very happy about that as well. Because before, he was the worst commissioner, if you remember, even like, what year are we, 2022? Just 15 years ago, he was one of the worst commissioners of all time. Now he's yeah. actually one of the top two commissioners besides NHL. And actually, if you want to throw in Dana White for UFC, he's the third best. Well, commissioner is always a tough spot, but then it's like, yeah, Goodell at least gets a little bit of respect for now. For now. He still has to answer for for a lot of other stuff. Yes, which I think right now his priority is trying to get to Sean Watson. Let's figure out the details of the Dolphins thing. And then probably let's figure out Las Vegas Raiders. That would be at least my, my interpretation of how he's trying to handle these certain things. And then whatever happens in Washington. Well, that's been like for three years at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been going on for a long time. <laughs> so, but yeah, that is what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Uh, we will keep you up to date as best as possible once we find something out as well. Uh, you are listening to the Midday Man of Sports Podcast. Thank you again for listening to us, Eric Miller, Noah Begler. Again, this episode is brought to you by Alpine Limited Co. Their mission is to provide high quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature. Use code ERIC10 if you want to re- if you want to receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that's alpinelimitedco.com and use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off. So last week, I had double duty of doing uh, this day in sports history and the quote of the day. So finally, we're back on track. Noah's going to be doing this day in sports history. I'm doing quote of the day. And that's normally how we uh, end this thing. So let's get to the... Uh, this, this day in sports history, no? All right, yep. So these facts came from OnThisDay.com. On this day in 1934, Babe Ruth announced that this is his final season as a full-time player. Uh, great Bambino, a long time ago, uh, announced that he would be retiring at least as a full-time player. I believe he ended up playing, I think, for the Braves for like his last year, but then was sort of like 
I think it was like a coach. That was before my time. Well, I would hope so. 1934. You're not that old. <laughs> True. Not. That's a good point. Yep. And then um, not on this day, 1971, Twins Harmon Killebrew is 10th, I guess, the 10th person to amass 500 home runs. And he added his 500 first as well, I guess, on the same day. So, again, Harmon Killebrew, one of the great sluggers and great players for Minnesota Twins. And then here's one. On this day, 1977, Philadelphia Phillies and Montreal Expos, they played a doubleheader, and it didn't end until 3.23 in the morning. Whoa. What time did that start? I mean, I don't know, but yet. (laughs) Holy crap. I mean, sometimes games go late. My favorite late game moment, I will say, just as a side note, I believe, was like with the Braves, and I'm not sure if they're playing the Mets, but yet there was like a whole fireworks display that they owned to people, oh, yeah. and yet they, they shot the fireworks just to promise people. But yet, since it was like around, I think four in the morning, or people were getting up for work, and yet people they thought they were under, they thought they were under attack. Like, oh yeah, I remember that. They they set people in like a complete panic for a bit. Oh, you know, another right. thing we're gonna have to start talking about eventually as well. Is the Captain series, by the way, with Derek Jeter. Yes, I believe the last episode comes out this week. Tomorrow, I think, or something like that. This week, yeah. I can't wait. I've loved every episode of it, except the one episode, which I can get into it a little bit later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But then uh, on this day, 1981, Pete Rose, with his 3,631st career hit, he broke Stan Musial's National League hit record. So I believe that made him... Top guy, I believe, around, I think, in the National League. Wow. Pete Rose. And then to move a little forward, uh, 1984, the U.S. beats Spain 96-65 in basketball as uh, gold medal at the Los Angeles Olympics. Future Dream Team members Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, and Chris Mullen were part of that team. Then another... No, in 19, in 1986, Billy Martin Day with his number being retired for the New York Yankees. Good guy. Good guy. And then on this day, 2008, American superstar swimmer Michael Phelps won the 400 individual medley, uh, meter medley at the Beijing Olympics with a world record of four minutes, three seconds and like 0.84 milliseconds. I remember that. I was in high school. That was the, I graduated that year for high school. That was the year that uh, I actually moved out to Pennsylvania. So I'm sorry for your loss, man. I actually moved to uh, Connecticut that summer. <laughs> I mean, I moved from New Jersey. So <laughs> ah, true. I mean, which one would you rather live in, Jersey or PA? Jersey. Eh, well, I, I, I got I got some family out here in PA, so it was nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but those were our facts for on this day in sports history, and those were from onthisday.com. All right, thank you, Noah. So today I have the fun uh, thing about doing quote of the day. Normally we end our show with this. And I actually, for some reason today, I've had this thing in my mind about little, uh, small inconveniences and and something that I've been uh, kind of walking through just in the life in general and not letting like small inconveniences uh, get the best of me. Sometimes we do. And I found this quote by Robert Fulgham. Uh, He wrote eight books. He's a nonfiction uh, and nonfiction in English. Uh, it's one of the few of the books. All I really need to know, I learned in kindergarten. It was on fire when I lay down on it. And uh oh, was another one. So, and also true love. And this quote 
is from him, from, uh-oh, actually, observations from both sides of the refrigerator door. One of life's best coping mechanisms is to know the difference between an inconvenience and a problem. If you break your neck, if you have nothing to eat, if your house is on fire, then you've got a problem. Everything else is an inconvenience. Life is inconvenient. Life is lumpy. A lump in the oatmeal, a lump in the throat, and a lump in the breast are not the same kind of lump. One needs to learn the difference. So I thought that was a really interesting quote because, I mean, when you have problems, then you, you have a solution. But if inconvenience, it's not, it's just, an, it's just an annoyance that you don't really want it to ruin your day. Uh, I had one of those happen at work today and it just was one of those inconveniences, which is fine. But the quote again from Robert Fulgham, one of life's best coping mechanisms is to know the difference between an inconvenience and a problem. If you break your neck, if you have nothing to eat in your house, if your house is on fire, then you've got a problem. Everything else is an inconvenience. Life is inconvenient. Life is lumpy. A lump in the oatmeal, a lump in the throat, and a lump on the breast are not the same kind of lump. One needs to learn the difference. So even though we are going to always have little inconveniences, they aren't going to ruin our day. Problems can be solved as well. So that I think it's just a different approach to life and the day. So uh, that is the quote of the day today. Thank you again for joining us on the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. Uh, Eric Miller alongside Noah Pegler, giving you the best headlines that we possibly can and our takes on each and every single one of them. Again, if you use code ERIC10 at Alpine Unlimited Company, you can get, receive 10% off your entire order. So that is going to do it. Episode 32 today. Episode 33 will drop next week as well. So be on the lookout for that. We'll talk about the captain because it's officially over with as of this week and so much more to talk about as well because it's sports. The world of sports always gives us something fun to talk about. Uh, so no, I don't know if you want to have anything else to say. I'm just hoping the Red Sox don't completely embarrass ourselves <laughs> this weekend. That's all I got to say on that. But Football's back, baby. Yep. Let's enjoy it. Football is back. Preseason starts this weekend. We'll, and college football is just around the corner, too. So yeah. for Noah Pegler, Eric Miller signing off once again. Thank you and have a great weekend. And until next time. <laughs>